It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Monday on The Guy Benson Show. Thanks for being here. I'll be on Kennedy tonight with my friend, Fox Business Network in the 7 p.m. hour. Looking forward to that. Hope to see you there. Again, that's FBN coming up, not next hour, but the following hour, I'm on the panel tonight. Also, a quick note, in addition to giving you our website, which we always do, GuyBensonShow.com, podcast is always free of charge. I wanted to give a shout-out to Matt Fitzpatrick, who won the U.S. Open in golf yesterday, his first major that he won. And I'm not a big golf guy at all, but he's a Northwestern guy. So I wanted to give him a shout-out Give him a round of applause here on the show. I see Luke Donald, who's another Northwestern Tide golfer, was congratulating him. So pretty cool thing for Purple Nation, and I know that we are proud to claim Matt Fitzpatrick as one of our own. In fact, his name is very similar to our head football coach, Pat Fitzgerald. And Fitz congratulated the other Fitz on Twitter, which was sort of a fun meta sports Northwestern moment. So that's a big achievement, even though it's not something that I really follow closely at all. I know winning a major is a huge deal, so kudos to Matt. Well, joining us now is a very special guest. It's really a booking coup by producer Christine to be able to get this person on such short notice, nonetheless. Yesterday was Father's Day, of course, and I spoke to my father, Nick, privately, called him mid-afternoon, and I had been hoping to do a segment with him when he got back from this sort of epic journey that he was on over the span of the better part, I think, of two months. I didn't want to have him on while he was driving across the country. I wanted him to get back safely before we talked about it. He has done that. Yesterday was Father's Day, and so I am very pleased to welcome back to the show my dad, Nick. Hello, Dad. Hello. So I want to talk about this adventure that you just wrapped up a few days ago. You had been talking about slash threatening to go on this type of a drive for years. And I know, I think I speak for James and Olivia, my siblings, when I say I'm glad that you finally did it so we could then hear about it as opposed to hearing about you maybe doing it at some point. (laughs) So you finally made the decision to embark on this really lengthy journey on your own, just you and the Toyota SUV. And what exactly inspired you to do this, why was it something that you'd been talking about for years? Well, it was, it was you know, it's a bucket list item for sure. Um, and the genesis really was I was, as you you know, you may or may not recall, going through a, a difficult time at work. I guess is the nice way of saying it. Probably, oh gosh, fifteen years ago, fifteen plus years ago, uh, just kind of getting my my you know rear end. Uh, kicked pretty regularly and uh anyone who, out there who's got a difficult boss can relate to that and at the time i i remember i picked up the paper and read the book review section i and a title caught my eye blue highways by what really caught my eye was the the uh, author the nom de plume was william least heat moon um who uh was uh part in american indian um I'm like a Harvard professor we know, 
And he lost his job as an English professor at a college and threw his stuff into the back of a truck, actually, and just went where the wind blew him. And when he needed some money, he, you know, shuck oysters in Apalachicola or shovel grain uh, in North Dakota. And as he stopped around our great country, he would stay at a place for a while, and then he'd write a little vignette about it when he moved on, when the wind blew and he moved on again. And after... Uh, this odyssey, uh, you know, kind of came to an end. He strung all these vignettes together uh, into a book, uh, Travelogue. Um, and, you know, I think the Benson family has uh, wonderlust in its blood, just as this guy did. Um, and I said to myself, I am doing that when I retire. So uh, then, you know, we, we, we moved and that took some time. And then unfortunately, COVID hit. And that was what really uh, delayed the trip. Uh, but uh, finally, COVID subsided, and I jumped in the back of the car and set off. Yeah, and I think something that also struck me in our conversations ahead of the journey was you spent a lot of your career in a huge Fortune 500 corporation, and we lived around the world. I was born abroad. James was born abroad. You travel internationally a ton, and that was all very cool. I wouldn't trade any of that for anything, and I know that you really enjoyed international travel. There were downsides, of course, but you get to see a lot of the world, but you would express that you had never really seen a lot of this country, which was something that frustrated you, and you wanted to rectify that. You wanted to change that, and so you did. So talk about this trip that you took, how long did it last? And did you have, because I would keep up on your private Facebook page that you would post photos and you would offer your kind of journal entries every couple days. That's how I kept up with it. But I didn't really know how carefully planned out it was in terms of the timing and the itinerary. Did you follow a specific plan or was it kind of loosey-goosey, whatever you felt like? Um, a bit of both. Uh, I had two kind of drop dead dates that I really wanted to, uh, to hit. One was to visit your good buddy, Dan. I had promised him that I would visit him in Las Vegas, uh, as the, uh, you know, voice of the Vegas golden Knights and COVID again had prevented that. Uh, so I figured I, I needed to see him before he headed back East for summer vacation. That was one date that I really wanted to hit. And the other one was to meet your mom for her birthday in Denver on the 12th of May, which I did. And other than that, I had uh, a very rough plan that I was going to go west on a southerly route, uh, Route 40, really, uh, part of which is the old Route 66, uh, was the way I would transit out to the west and then I would uh, transit back uh, to the east, back home uh, on an orderly route on, by and large, Route 80. Uh, and other than that, I had no plan. I had, uh, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to go where I wanted to go and go when the wind blew and stop, you know, when the wind stopped blowing. You unfortunately had to do all of this at a time when gas was basically as expensive as it's ever been before, although it could be worse and is getting worse. So I guess yeah. you dodged the worst of it, but it was still pretty bad. So the timing was not ideal in that sense, but you just decided to go for it because you had budgeted the time, you had the ability to do it, and so you did. Were there any huge, truly unforgettable highlights that you will keep with you forever? Yeah. There were, there were a number. Uh, the grandeur of the West 
Uh, you know, you, you see it on television, but until you see it with your own eyes and see the scope and the beauty of the West, uh, that was, you know, there, and uh, there are numerous scenes um, that I will always keep with me. And, and part of it is you're, you're over the course of a four hour drive, you could go through two or three distinct topographies. You could be in a desert. And then, you know, an hour or two later, you're in a high rolling plain. And uh, several hours after that, you're in, you know, the Black Hills of, you know, South Dakota. And you're in, you're in mountainous, you know, Ponderosa territory. So uh, just the scope and the change, uh, that is, among others, uh, uh, a memory I will always keep with me. Were there surprises, things that kind of shocked you? Yeah, yeah, there were. Um, uh, I some of it were were some of my surprises were uh, political, uh, and I won't. You know, although you know, this is how you make your living. I think I probably won't go too much into those surprises. Um, some of the surprises uh, were. Um, I, I thought I had an open mind, and that I I. Uh, under uh, thought I understood the people in the flyover country, um, but I didn't. Um, as I talked to these folks, that uh, I would try to get to church every Sunday, and I'd try to get to Sunday school and listen to these these guys. Uh, as I talked to them in a tavern or at a gas station, um, coffee shops, I would imagine. Coffee shops, absolutely. Um, or, every, or every little uh, town seems to have its own microbrewery. Um, but uh, these are people who are highly intelligent. Um, they, they are assiduous. Uh, and I think the, the rest of the country, uh, e- even if you think that you understand that until you sit down and, and, and talk with the people in the heartland, um, I will admit I, I, I think I underestimated just how uh, – Intelligent and funny, uh, witty, um, hardworking, and, and and just down to earth, good people uh, populate our country. Yeah, because I think that this is what when people talk about coastal elites, that's what they're talking about. Folks who will occasionally fly in for some sort of event and then head right back out, and they spend most of their times on the coast, I think that there is a defensiveness of a lot of people throughout the country who feel like there's many people, even well-meaning people, who kind of look down at them, who feel like they're just less sophisticated. And when you actually meet a lot of these folks, they are just wonderful. They're what makes the country work, and I think they're right to be frustrated. I think we would all be better served to get to meet more and different types of Americans. That might help our culture and our country just in general right now because it seems like we're not really in a very healthy place i think getting to know each other more as people would be a helpful thing and it sounds like you had some of that experience as well how long was this in total from start to finish how many days were you gone oh well it's better part of seven weeks um and and remember we mom and i took a little there was a little hiatus when we stayed with family and friends in denver so it wasn't all you know exploring uh, blue highways and the, and this and i really did to your point wanted to get to the smaller towns uh and meet the people that i would not normally meet 
um, you know, who, like I said, as I said, turned out to be well-read and just funny and nice. But um, so I would say we were in Denver just about two weeks. So out of the seven weeks, uh, it's really about five weeks where I was traveling in in kind of more remote places. Right, solo by yourself for those five weeks. It sounds by this account and by reading your stuff on Facebook that you overall really enjoyed it. You're glad that you did it. Is there another one of these that you want to do? I know you've talked about going just to the Deep South, maybe during college football season at some point. Did this experience whet your appetite for more, or do you want to kind of hang out at home for a while? Uh, yes, is the <laughs> answer to that question. Um, yeah, no, I, I for sure want to uh, head down south and, and uh, you know, kind of work my way around the SEC for some home football games and, and get to know the, uh, the southern part of our country. I went through 26 states. I actually counted them when I got back um, on, on this trip, and I want to wow. – try to hit uh, a number of other states, uh, you know, on, on my southern sojourn. Mom will come with me for that uh, because we I will not be car camping. As you know, I uh, spent oh, but probably about 10 of the nights in, in a car just because I, you know, was in a remote place. But um, we'll be staying with friends or, you know, motels. And I'm very excited about that, uh, that trip. And then I want to go back to the West. I, I'll tell you what, I the number of those places were so spectacular and I had to, I couldn't do everything. There are a lot of things I wanted to do, places I wanted to go, uh, people I should have and would have loved to have met that I, I just didn't have time for on this trip. So I, I'm going to go back out to West if the Lord is willing. Yeah. You'll just recharge for a while and then plot your next adventures with mom, without mom. It should be a very fun and cool thing. Seven weeks, 26 States. A lot of gasoline, therefore a lot of money, but a pretty cool experience, it sounds like. And I know you'd been talking about it and building up to it for years, and I just wanted to talk about it with you on the air because I think it's something that a lot of Americans would be interested in. And I think people have done something similar, have dreamt of doing something similar. So I wanted you to just share your experience here with our audience and also just say one more time, belatedly this time, Happy Father's Day. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much, and and believe me, a lot of Americans are doing this. I ran into so many people on the road who were doing exactly what I was doing. Well, most of them were not doing it in the back of their car. They had camper vans or campers, but um, a lot of people are doing that right now. And with that, we're up on time. Show's over on Kennedy tonight, 7 p.m. hour Eastern time on Fox Business Network. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place on the radio. We will talk to you then. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. It's The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in. Catch me on Special Report. I'll be on the panel with Brett Bayer and company coming up in the next hour on Fox News Channel. Our website here at the radio show, GuyBensonShow.com. The podcast is free on demand every single day. Well, this is something that we talked about last week. And producer Christine was very concerned about whether her husband, Bobby, was going to make it out of Texas, where he was on a business trip, back to the East Coast in time to attend his own 40th birthday party. She had a whole dinner planned at a casino. This had been a lot of work for her, and it was unclear if he was even going to make it. And so with all that being said, Christine, 
what actually ended up happening. I did not get a bunch of panic texts from you over the weekend, so I'm guessing, I don't know, but I'm guessing that he was able to catch a flight and the party occurred as planned. Yes? Yes, you guessed correctly. So my freak out was all for nothing. Are you surprised by that? I'm not. But I can understand at least the concern over something that was totally out of your control. But yeah. what? He was able to get on a flight? He, yeah, he got on a Friday flight. Friday night? Mm-hmm. Friday night. So he, uh, you know, he was exhausted. He got in pretty late Friday night, and then we got up Saturday morning and then went to, um, it's kind of like Atlantic City, but it's in Connecticut, Foxwoods. Have you ever been? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I've not been, but it's a casino-type resort place, right? Yeah, and they have a nice pool, and they have, like, a whole bunch of things going around you know going on and then they have really nice restaurants and we did you did you gamble yes yes i should not have even asked of course we, i did who oh are i we, love who gambling. are we dealing with here we're dealing with christine did you win or did you lose no no i lost yeah yeah that's i Bobby why do i won. ask these questions i already know the answer to the questions did you gamble yes did you lose yes it's just like very obvious but you were looking forward to the big dinner at a David Burke restaurant. We were talking about David Burke recently because I met him on the set of Mornings with Maria. How was the dinner, the much ballyhooed, highly anticipated dinner? It was unbelievable. Um, that man really knows how to make a steak, and he sure knows what to do with bacon. It was delicious. We ordered everything, like every appetizer you can imagine. Everybody had steaks, plenty, and I mean plenty of cocktails were had, and we just had mm-hmm. a really, really nice time. Bobby's not big into the, you know, birthday party kind of thing, so I kind of kept it low-key, but some people made some speeches. He got up and made a toast thanking everybody for coming there and thanking me, and then uh, after that, we kind of divided up. Bobby and a couple of the guys went to go play, uh, was it called, craps, mm-hmm. and... My sister-in-law, Bobby's sister, and I just went and danced the night away. Was there a nightclub? There was a nightclub, and it was so sad because it was early. It was only like 9 o'clock, and we're just waiting there, (laughs) and nobody is really in the club yet. And I had to go up to the DJ, and I said, excuse me, are you going to play music soon? He's like, it's pretty early. Hang tight. Felt like a loser. What time did you finally get to bed? Was it a late night, or did you get a few songs in and you're like okay yeah we just got done i got a few songs in got a couple kamikaze shots felt like i was in college again and then i think i was sound asleep by 11 45. did bobby most importantly have a good time for his birthday weekend he truly did bobby's like a bobby's a real family guy he's not a guy that has a group of a huge group of friends you know he has his boston for his boston's friends and they all call him up bobby happy birthday guy um they, you know, like he's just not a big partier, big group person. So he was really happy to be with his sister and his mom and his dad and me and a couple of his buddies. And he, I think he really enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad it worked out because it was touch and go there for a while with the flights and all the delays happening. But he made it. You made it. Congratulations. Sounds like a success overall. Meanwhile, you and I were talking about this earlier I saw on social media a woman, probably I would say, what, in her early 40s maybe, had made a video on TikTok where she was explaining to younger people what you had to do back in the day if you wanted to go see a movie. And I definitely remembered this. This was before the internet was 
prevalent. This was before smartphones, certainly. If you wanted to know what movie theaters were playing which movies, you could maybe find it in the newspaper sometimes, or you would have to call the theater and listen to a recording, and they would go through the whole recording of each movie in alphabetical order and each showtime, and you would try to jot them all down very quickly. Then you'd have to go talk to your parents. These are the options. Can I please do this? Can I get a ride there or whatever? And then I also thought of movie phone. Did you do movie phone? Do you remember movie phone? I sure do, of course. I mean, that is how you got your movie times. There was a very funny Seinfeld episode, actually, where Kramer poses as the movie phone guy. But for people of a certain generation, under a certain age, movie phone is such an anachronism. It's something that they would just look at you cross-eyed as you try to explain it to them. You would have to dial up, I believe, an 800 number. Might have been 800 movie phone, something like that, with an F. And then that guy, the voiceover guy, hello, and welcome to Movie Phone, brought to you by the New York Times and Hot 97. And if you know the name of the movie you would like to see, press 1, and you would go through this entire process, this automated process, just to find out what theaters were playing which movies. And it was sometimes quite time-consuming. And this video just struck a chord with me because I'm old enough of the older millennial era to absolutely have had no choice but to do this many times in my childhood. And I just feel like if Quiet Wyatt were not on vacation, young 21-year-old Quiet Wyatt, although almost 22, he's down at Disney World right now, he's probably on the rides. He strikes me as one of the guys who goes on all the rides and then pays exorbitant sums for the action photo where you're screaming with the person next to you and then you go down after the ride and you pay God knows how much it is now, 20 bucks to have this image sent to you or probably now emailed to your phone or whatever. But in every photo, like he's about to go over on Splash Mountain and he's just sitting there reading the Wall Street Journal. He's got a hard copy of the journal. That's what I envision his Disney experience to be like. But if he were here in studio today, not on vacation, I would love to see his reaction as we describe movie phone to him. Because I guarantee you that is not something that has been a part of his life. And if you're a young listener, you learn something new. And if you're a listener of a certain age, you're like, yep. And that's a pretty good movie phone impression, Guy. And thank you. And you're welcome. Back here tomorrow on The Guy Benson Show. Same time, same place here on the radio. And then TV tonight, special report with Brett Baer around 645 Eastern. So coming up in the next hour, Fox News Channel. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. It is The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Wednesday on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. GuyBensonShow.com podcast is free every single day. Well, it is a very special day here on the show because even though he's on vacation this week, Quiet Wyatt, our associate producer, is celebrating a birthday. He is turning the ripe old age of 22 today and joining us from Orlando, Florida and Disney World is in fact why why the clown slash quiet Wyatt slash war Wyatt slash Wall Street Wyatt slash cookies best friend slash guy's favorite on the team that is the official bio written by producer Christine for Wyatt welcome to the show Wyatt happy birthday to you 
Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. So it sounds like you are at the park right now. I can hear some background noise. Where are you at Disney? I'm at the of the Caribbean I'm about to on right now. Um, oh, gosh. It sounds like we have Wyatt, and he is getting sucked into the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And his phone is just going under. It's all garbled. So, Wyatt, if you can still hear me, happy birthday, sir. Enjoy your 22nd. Thank you for spending, like, 24 seconds or something. Maybe 22 seconds. One second for each year you've been alive. Here with us on the show. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the week. And I know Christine's going to give you an earful about your cell phone because that is her bet noir. That is her worst nightmare. Someone coming on the show and their phone sounding bad. <sighs> and we will just uh, we'll roll with the punches, Christine. And basically, as soon as he started talking, it was like, nope, this is not going to work. Will that make me now the favorite on the team? Because he called in with such a bad phone connection? No, because you were the one who booked this. Oh, right? you're you saying this say, is my need... fault. Yeah, I'm saying this is on you. Right? Oh, because... h- how so again? Well, because he's on vacation. Like, the poor kid's on vacation well, trying to celebrate a birthday, and you're, like, harassing him and texting him and trying to get him on the show. Oh, He's just up. trying to ride Pirates of the Caribbean. That's all he wants in honor of Johnny Depp and his big legal victory. Just let the kid live. Um, Every vacation I've had, you have called me to do home stretch. I don't know if I've called you, but Wyatt may have texted you at my behest. And it- by the way, you often say no. You often just don't show up. And turn us down for the home stretch. Another reason why Wyatt is preferable in this situation. That's a good point, and I'm glad, I'm glad you raised it, actually. <laughs> well, we want to, we do want to wish YY a very happy birthday. I don't know if you could hear him, but he is online right now for the Pirates of the Caribbean, which is a great yeah. ride. Yeah, that's the only part that I could make out, that he was getting ready to board the ride. I don't think I've ever done that ride. Of course, I haven't been to Disney World since I was in fifth grade. So I was about 11, yeah. so circa 1996. So I would imagine a few things have changed since 1996 at Disney. And I have a feeling, not making fun of Wyatt here that badly, but I have a feeling you probably won't be at Disney until, say, you have children that are of age to go to Disney, correct? I think that's probably correct. And I will say, just to clarify, I was referring to Wyatt, our colleague, lovingly, as a kid in this segment. He is a valued team member and an adult, and indeed now has been able to drink legally for an entire calendar year as of today. And I am proud to say that he has imbibed and enjoyed a number of long drinks over the course of that period. He is a fan, and that brings me some happiness. I know that you are too, and Dan is too. I tend to get everyone on the team into it if you're a drinker if you're not a drinker then you know by all means that's fine but it is a delicious product and they have it all over florida so maybe he's enjoying it on his disney vacation for his 22nd birthday and obviously christine we were planning on asking a few questions of wyatt to fill out the segment but his phone was just failing and frankly maybe he was just pretending right maybe he was doing one of those things like oh i i'm losing you i i can't hear you thank you so much for calling me on my vacation and birthday uh but this isn't working it's a bad connection and then click 
Maybe he's not even close to a ride. Maybe he's just in the hotel room or, like, the hot tub relaxing, and he doesn't want to talk to us. And I wouldn't really blame him. You think he goes in a hot tub? <laughs> With a copy of the Wall Street Journal. He probably has, like— I don't want to think about him in a hot tub. <laughs> well, he'll have, like, trunks on in the Wall Street Journal and maybe a monocle. And he would just hang out there and read. He'd probably get the pages laminated so they were waterproof, just in case there was any splash from some rambunctious kids or something, right? He's a serious adult. Maybe that's what he was trying to do. Maybe he was kicking back with a coffee and or long drink, trying to read a laminated Wall Street Journal, and we're intruding on his vacation and his birthday. So we'll just move on, and we'll wish him the very best, and we'll get a report, we hope, next week from Wyatt when he's back. Meanwhile, we love doing food controversies on this show. I saw this, and I thought it was a joke at first, but apparently, no. Apparently, this is actually a thing in Canada. And I'll just say, Canadians are our friends and our allies and our neighbors, but they are also a very different people in a lot of ways. Case in point, apparently, ketchup popsicles, frozen ketchup popsicles are a thing up north and i like popsicles i like ketchup the combination of these items is almost sickening to me and i'm a hard hard no but i saw some canucks getting very defensive about this on the internet christine you have bad taste in most things are you intrigued by the ketchup popsicle i have to say you know i was intrigued by the craft macaron mac and cheese ice cream i've been intrigued by other things this is not something that i'm intrigued this crosses the line yeah and i i do i do love the canadians they're so friendly and um but their taste in things could be worse than my taste in things what Don't... if hear me out what if you had at the same time a pile of poutine and then accompanying that a ketchup popsicle, because those tastes would at least theoretically go together. The French fries covered in stuff and then ketchup, that might be the one way I'd be willing to at least try it to have an immersive Canadian experience. Maybe at Epcot. I don't know if they have these things at Epcot. In the Canada Village, which I learned is a thing last week, that's the one way I would think about trying this, but I am overall an ice-cold no on this. Wait, so I've never had, what did you say, poutine? Poutine. But are you, Dan, just tell me what it is. It's basically Jersey's version of disco fries, right? Well, Canada's version. Oh, right. But we do it. We call it disco fries. I've never heard of disco fries in my life. What is that? It's, you've never heard of disco fries and you're from New Jersey? I have Shame. never, ever heard that term. Um, so when you go to the diner and you order disco fries, it's got like gravy and melted cheese all over the fries. It's delicious. Yeah, that's poutine. That's poutine. So that's a <laughs> Canadian thing, apparently. And if you're going to have some poutine, maybe on the side, have a ketchup popsicle. Although I just prefer ketchup. Just leave it at that. It's not meant to be frozen or eaten like a dessert or at that temperature. That's disgusting. The other thing about ketchup, Christine... I have seen a disturbing number of people recently just sort of in a liberated way coming out of the closet almost to say that they've been ashamed and they've been bullied into pretending that they don't like it, but they're finally loud and proud. They love ketchup on pizza. And <gasps> I am a strong, strong no on that as well. 
What? That that can't be real. I mean, I'm a certified Jersey Italian girl. I know what's good pizza, and that is not it. And I, I don't actually, know. I, I bet you you slather your pineapple Domino's pizza with ketchup. So that sounds like it'd be right up your alley, actually. You're so wrong on so many levels, but I have to say, I'm actually not a huge fan of ketchup myself. Oh, it's perfect for French fries. Mm. You want it on a burger? Can I ask you this? Can I ask you this? If you had, because they make this sometimes, if you had a bacon cheeseburger pizza, would you consider dipping it in ketchup? That's a hard no. Nope. No, 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 no. At all. No, to I, me, that's I don't where even, I would consider doing it. I'm not even sure I really love to dip my French fries in ketchup. I'm just That's weird. Um, like if I was if I was at like a baseball game, if you and I, besties, go into the Yanks and you say, Hey bestie, do you want a hot dog? I would say, Yeah, please get me a hot dog with mustard on it. I would I never I prefer mustard to ketchup on a hot dog. But I also like both. I also like relish. I like onions. I like cheese. I like a lot of things on a hot dog. I like ketchup on a burger, and I especially love ketchup for fries. Ooh, some nice, hot, crispy, salted fries with some cool ketchup. Just perfect. What about ranch? Quick. That is ranch? my—I was just going to say that. That is—and we were just in L.A., and that's like a big thing in California is ranch on the side— I love dipping things in ranch, mm, like especially okay. a hot French fry. That, to me, is delish. It is a hit-or-miss phenomenon for me. Ketchup belongs on French fries, not in popsicles, and perhaps any number of these combinations can be tried and indulged and enjoyed at Disney World, where they apparently have all sorts of cuisines, something I did not realize about that whole facility, where Wyatt is spending his vacation as an adult and his 22nd birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Wyatt. He's probably done with the ride, by the way. If he was just about to get on the ride, it's probably over over the course of the segment. I'd tell you to call him back and book him, but the show's over. So we'll get him on Monday, I guess. I'll be in Florida on assignment tomorrow. Much more on that to come. In the meantime, have a great night. Same time, same place here for The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Home stretch, Friday Eve on the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com, our website, podcast, free for you, on demand, right at your fingertips each and every day at that website or at FoxNewsPodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I had mentioned yesterday on the show that I was going to be on assignment today in Florida. And I am coming to you not from Florida but from greater Washington, D.C., home base, I'm still here. What happened? Let me just say at the outset, I spared everyone my whining on social media because often I find even people that I like who are stuck in some sort of travel nightmare and they start tweeting about it, and it's like, you know, I hope it works out for you, but I don't really need every twist and turn. And they're tagging airlines and they're doing all this stuff. I think if you're going to bring out the big guns for something like that, it needs to be in an extenuating circumstance that really cries out for something like that. Not any time you're inconvenienced. I was very inconvenienced yesterday. 
but I didn't tweet about it except for one all-caps generic tweet. I literally called it a generic complaint about summertime travel delays and how much they suck, and they do. I had an early evening flight out of D.C. down to Florida for a scheduled event with Governor DeSantis and a few other people. I was really looking forward to it. It sounded very interesting, the group of people assembled in all of it, and, well, quite frankly, they are all gallivanting together down there right now in Fort Lauderdale at a beautiful hotel without me. Not that I'm bitter. But when I was pulling up to the airport, Adam dropped me. We saw a few bolts of lightning in the sky. And we looked at each other like, that's not great. But the app said everything was still on time. So I checked in, went through security. I get to the other side of security, and you've got the big board with all the flights, right? And you could just see the red bars popping up for cancellations. But my flight was not among them. So I got there. I went to the club for a moment to just get some water, actually, and some Coke Zero. And then it was about time to board. Our flight was there, meaning the plane was there. But, uh uh-oh, the crew was not. And that is when you start to get into trouble. As soon as they start telling you about crew issues, especially with bad weather, in many cases, you're screwed. So they delayed, and they delayed, and they delayed. They said, this crew's going to come in from Boston. They haven't left yet, but they're going to. No, they haven't yet. We're delaying further. And ultimately, that flight got canceled. Because I thought it might get canceled, I saw that there was another flight heading to Tampa, which is really not close to Fort Lauderdale, but it's closer than Washington. I said, maybe I can just get to Florida tonight. And if that means Tampa... I'll rent a car or even figure out an Uber or something. At least I can get within three to four hours, and it's drivable. So that was my backup plan. They were able to confirm a seat for me on the Tampa flight. Almost immediately after I get that seat, the Fort Lauderdale initial flight cancels. It's done. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. We've got a plane. We've got a crew. And they said the crew had hours, like they weren't going to time out anytime soon due to FAA regulations or whatever. If you are a frequent traveler, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are not someone who flies a lot on airplanes, you're like, this is a jumble of jargon. Basically, you need an airplane, a crew to fly it with flight attendants, and they are all limited by the government of how much time they can wait before an extended period of time becomes too unsafe for them to be a crew on an airplane. So you're up against a clock. But they kept telling us at the desk, we're feeling good about this. The pilot was actually great. He was coming out. He was glad-handing. Apparently, he was previously serving drinks on the plane because they had everyone on the plane. They had boarded. Then they deplaned because of air traffic control and the weather. And he was coming out. He was shaking hands, kissing babies, sort of the mayor of this flight and the gate. And he was very helpful but the weather just kept not clearing up. Other flights were leaving, but apparently on a different course, not heading in that direction. And after hours of multiple delays, even with a few hopeful moments where they had, okay, this crew had to leave, they were timing out, but we have a new crew. So they're getting on the airplane right now. Why would they be putting people on the plane if we aren't going to leave? Well, 
We never left. And the pilots eventually timed out. And so the Tampa flight was gone. I then started looking at flights very early this morning. Maybe I could fly down to Florida. The only option I could really see available was to Orlando at like 6 a.m. Then I'd have to drive again two, three hours to Fort Lauderdale. And while I was weighing whether or not that was going to work out, that flight canceled. So the long and the short of it is it just didn't happen. And I had that very sad, almost walk of shame back in the other direction. Because I had gotten a dinner at the airport. I'd gotten a drink at the airline club. And I don't blame United for any of this. This is weather stuff out of their control. But it's never a good feeling to go to the airport, spend, what, seven hours, I think, maybe eight hours there, and then turn right back around and go home. So I'm back on this weird thing they have, this contraption at Dulles called a people mover. Back to the main terminal to then get in an Uber. The guy, friendly, asks me how my flight was. (laughs) I was like, well, funny story. And I was on hold with United, and they were trying to put me on any flight that could get me to Florida, and all of them were going to land during or after this event, if this happened at all. And I guess some of these delays are still ongoing. It's just a mess out there across multiple regions of the country. I will say, though, this was frustrating. I texted, because some of my friends were going to be at this event, Carol Markowitz, she is like, I can't wait to hang out with you. I had to give her the bad news. And then Seth Dillon, my buddy who runs the Babylon Bee, he was actually in D.C. He said, hey, do you want to get together? I said, I can't. I'm going to Florida. I think we're going to be at the same thing. I figured he was going to get stranded as well. He texted me today. He somehow got on a flight on a different airline, out of a different airport, totally on time, flew from D.C. straight to Fort Lauderdale. So he'll be there. And that doesn't feel good. I was like, how did that happen? Anyway, I did everything that I possibly could. And we had some very cool interviews lined up at the event, which obviously will not be happening because I'm not there. But it looks like we're going to be able to get some of those folks in the coming days because there are people eager to come on the show. The organizers were kept abreast of the whole ordeal that I was dealing with. And apparently a lot of other people are also having travel nightmares. So we're going to do our best to bring you some of those interviews maybe tomorrow, maybe early next week. We will fill you in as we get more information. But I will say the only, only, only people and individuals on the planet who were seemingly very happy about this for me were my husband and my dog because I wasn't leaving after all. Adam was disappointed for me. Roy, my dog, was not. He gets very sullen when I'm leaving because he can see that I'm packing and he gets a little sad. A little bit mopey. Sometimes he takes his little bone and puts it into my suitcase while I'm packing, which is just about the cutest and saddest thing I can possibly imagine. And so I was only gone for a few hours, and I came back, and he gave me a hero's welcome. More so than when I'm gone for like a week. I was gone for hours. I came back, and he went crazy. Usually he shows his affection many ways. He gets very excited. He's not a lick your face kind of dog. He doesn't give you kisses, which I actually am generally okay with. He was so excited to see me home yesterday after this interval that I got a doggy kiss right on the face. 
which was sort of sweet. The Yankees came back and won. There were a few silver linings to the evening. And then I had a phone call with producer Christine, who sounded like perhaps just a glass or two of Mama's Juice had been consumed. I relayed all of this information to her, and we then had to replan the entire rest of the week because I was going to be off today for the most part and then flying back tomorrow, and we had these interviews that we were going to play, and now that whole plan is gone. And then today we actually had an initial plan. That blew up this morning. So it's been a few days here, Christine, hasn't it? It sure has, and I definitely was feeling your pain so much so that I had an extra glass of Mama's Juice just Ah, for you last night. That is very selfless and thoughtful of you, right? It's vicarious stress drinking by you on my behalf. Yes, it, it was lovely, but I do have to say one thing to you. Okay. This whole situation could have been avoided, and do you know how? Well, yes, I should have gone down on Tuesday, and I thought about it. I thought about asking, hey, can I come down an extra day early? I can do the show from Florida on Wednesday. Everything's such a mess these days on air travel. Would you mind just getting me one extra night of hotel? I decided not to make that request. I tried to make the trip as tight as possible, and I didn't want to have to wait until after special report. I think I was on on Tuesday, and so that was a tactical blunder. And I will have to take this under advisement in the future. I somehow guess I'm just sense that that very practical answer to your question was not the actual answer you wanted me to give. No, because as as you just laid out, I was not involved in that solution. So obviously that's not the solution I was going to give you. I see. Okay. Um, Had you just invited your producer to go, I would have driven my SUV down to D.C., picked you up, and we would have road-tripped it down there, and you would have been there right now. No, under no circumstances. Do you have any idea how long that drive is, Christine? No, I've never done it. I've always wanted to. From my door to the hotel would have been probably about 14 and a half hours. Think of the bonding we could have done. We could have stopped at south of the border. I've heard about that place. I mean, we could have stopped in Orlando, said hi to YY, surprised him. Oh, my gosh, can you imagine if we had showed up (laughs) at Disney on his birthday vacation? I think that might have – he might have snapped at that point. (laughs) The security, just call security. But, no, I'm thinking about the bonding experience, and it is fortifying my belief that this would have been a completely wrong decision. And I stand behind that, but, ugh, I'm really bummed. And I'm jealous because I know they're having so much fun in this beautiful place right now without me. But at least I got to do the show today, and it was an interesting show with a lot of news. Back here tomorrow with even more. Same time, same place. It is The Guy Benson Show. Thanks for listening. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.